Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Draft Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Ben Solek and we are in person in Mobile, Alabama, baby. It's the Senior Bowl (laughs) featuring juniors and graduates. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Older Than Sophomore Bowl. Dude, I actually think some like Bo Nix, 24, Michael Penix been in college since 2018. Like, do they have like a PhD? Like we actually, this is... I would make a Van Wilder joke, but you guys would not understand it. Was that a painter for the Dutch? Yep. <laughs> Is that more wild than the uh, average wild man? No, I it's do a, know he had yeah. commercials. That's why I know that. DK, just, or not yeah. DK, are you familiar with Cam McCormick? Is that the, the people with the spices? That is the uh, University of Miami turned <laughs> University of Oregon tight end who is now entering his ninth season of college football. Yo, this year. Yeah, the ninth season. McCormick and I started college the same year. <laughs> <laughs> so how did he get nine years? It's like four season ending injuries and COVID. I don't know. It's what color, know what color shirt? How many shirts did he do? Gray yeah. shirt, red, red shirt, shirt, gray blue shirt, shirt, blue shirt, green shirt. He's got the whole Dr. Seuss <laughs> book, man. He's got all the shirts. Literally, I didn't know nine. I genuinely didn't know nine years of eligibility was possible. I, I don't think Shady it was. Skateboard, like yeah. showing up like yeah. 18. Dude, they're like, he's like not, he's a millennial. Like, he's, <laughs> he's a, in he, college. He's yep. a, what's the geriatric millennial? Dude, he's, mm-hmm. a, oh my, anyway. Okay, yeah, so. There's a lot of old people who are in college. We don't talk about that enough. All right, so we have a lot on the show today. So the Seahawks have hired Mike McDonald, the Ravens defense coordinator, to be their head coach. We'll yeah. get to that. DK Solik and I were in Mobile. We'd seen your bowl. We just saw another day of practices. So we're going to get to all that. However, we have to get to the real news here, which is, again, we have a new segment on the Ringer NFL Draft Show. And that new segment is Panda Watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. I, 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 uh, Ching King is inside right now. I tried to get an interview with him, but they said, nope, you can't do that. He's a live bear. He will literally rip your face off. <laughs> Rich and compelling. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't do it without laughing. Uh, Panda Watch is our every episode segment where we talk about the top quarterbacks in this class. And... 
today was the day that I finally released the top 32 of the Ringer NFL Draft Guide, which you can find at nfldraft.theringer.com. You got the URL right. I did it. I was reading it. As I said it, NFL draft off the ringer.com. Craig's just yeah. like, just put the link in the description. No one knows the URL. Yeah, yeah. No one types it in. Just, yeah, you can find it. Um, and my top quarterbacks this year number one, Caleb Williams. Number two, Drake May. Sorry, Caleb Williams from USC. As Heifetz likes yes. to remind me. Drake May from North Carolina. Jaden Daniels from LSU. And I have those guys ranked respectively one, two, and seven. Okay. I know I say a lot of stuff, but like I, this is actually the best draft guide that exists. Like if you go to nfldraft.com, click the episode link, whatever the link in the episode description, I, I literally dare, go on your phone right now. I literally dare you to tell me that this is not a cool website. Like it is so sick. And that, you know, DK said he put it up, but the reality is a lot of people put it work into yep, this. Like DK sure. is, you know, the, the face of it, but it's like, you got Dan Comer and they'll you know, so like his freaking quarterback charting and, you know, coming yep. in a couple months. And it's like, mock draft soon, a couple weeks too. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. I think Foreshadowing. Like a dozen, yeah. A dozen people like put this thing together and like, it is honestly like incredible. And like, I really, if you like the show, I, I, I put like a 10 out of 10, like, please give it like a 30 second scroll and decide if you would like to continue to stay there. It's so good. Shouts uh, to Riley McAtee. So also. Shout out Riley yeah. McAtee who does so much Glicksmith, like just everyone has a hand in the guy. Thank you. So to DK, you have your 32 big board there. You have your, you, you have background research. You have like these in-depth scouting reports. You have like all like so much information on all these guys. It is so incredibly researched. It's so well thought out. Uh, however, the best part is the comps because you're kind of a psychopath and you have <laughs> like other people compare guys to like players and you're like, you know, that like movie, it's like that. And mm. so we have to start here with your, you have Caleb Williams here at NFL draft. Your number one quarterback, number one players, Caleb Williams at a quarterback at a USC. And you have your comparison for Caleb Williams is, and I quote that accordion guy <laughs> who plays Vivaldi. <laughs> What right. the fuck does that mean, DK? Here's my elevator pitch. This is when you're watching Caleb Williams. You recognize the song, but you'd never really heard it played that way. And the, I thought of this, actually, I, we, we can tell, I can tell you because we're all friends here. I was drunk when I thought of this. <laughs> I was scrolling through TikTok or Twitter Stop or whatever it. it is, or Instagram. And I ran across this video of a guy playing accordion. And it's like Vivaldi. You would know the song if you heard it. It's like, the, so how does it go? Me, it's the, yeah. oh, I got it. I'm tone deaf. I can do it. So it's the chef's table intro. It's dun, 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 dun. That's, that that was terrible. D DK, yeah. your turn. <laughs> I'm not going to do <laughs> it. I'm not going to just play the goddamn song in post. All right. Like, yeah. Just play it. But it is like truly the most remarkably impressive thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know exactly how he's doing it, but I know it's amazing. I think he's a savant. And that's pretty much exactly the way I felt when I first watched Caleb Williams play football. When I watched him uh, play quarterback, he just he does everything a little bit differently than you've seen. But you know you're dealing with a guy who has immense talent. He has an incredible uh, skill set. And you don't exactly know how he does it, but... It's awesome. The, for, you told mm -hmm. me you were going to do this three weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh man, your career's over." You know, your 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 next line on the I, I love the freaking thing you wrote. You were because you were like, "It's the accordion guy from Vivaldi." Like, no offense, I didn't know what that meant. And then I was no like, one, "What?" You're I not watched the video, to. and then you said you recognize the song, but you've never heard it played this way. Yeah, and I, I think that's incredible. And so, like, I'm curious. You know, you also are 
mm-hmm. incredible at scouting players. I'm curious, like when you read that, like do, does that vibe with you? When, when you watch Caleb Williams, like you recognize the song, but you've never heard it played that way. Is that how you think he plays? I got it once I watched the video of the according to Anthony Vivaldi. <laughs> so I was like, this is sick. And I was like, oh wait, Caleb Williams is sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, uh, the, the Caleb Williams comps are very difficult because it is inappropriate and incorrect to comp anyone to Patrick Mahomes. Right. However, you get the feeling when you watch Caleb that you got when you watched Mahomes out of Texas Tech, where you're like, he can't keep doing this in the league. This is not good. <laughs> can't this is keep bad. getting away this with is this. bad behavior. But what if he did? Right. And, and, and that and that one of the the things about Mahomes is like, you know, we we all just watch him play in the, in the postseason or watch watch him play in the Super Bowl. He is a remarkably different player than he was when he came out. And so when you talk about like the Mahomes Caleb comparisons, uh, it's important to remember that like this 2023, 24 version of Mahomes, you could not have convinced me off of Texas Tech film that we would ever get here to a guy who's just like, right. yeah, I'll just check it down all the time in structure, in rhythm, in the quick game, throw underneath, let my receivers work for me, get rid of the ball quickly. Like uh, he is willing to not even go into the universe where he's trying to create a second reaction play. He's willing to just throw five yards shallow to Rasheed Rice and say, if we get eight yards, nice. Like, like he, Mahomes never at Texas Tech had that humility, that self-control. And so for Caleb, the, 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 the Mahomes, the, you, you have the experience watching him that you had watching Mahomes out of Texas Tech. That's not to say he's going to become Mahomes because Mahomes' arc has been unbelievable in the landing spot, Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and so on and so on and so on and so forth. Yeah. But that, that magic, right? That like, that wizardry. You only see it once every few years. You really do. And like uh, with Caleb, that that's present. The one that I've always said is he's what Zach Wilson was billed as. Remember when everybody told yeah. you Zach Wilson was the next Mahomes? He was the next Rodgers. Oh my gosh, the incredible throws. Oh my gosh, the arm talent, the movement skills. And then you watch Zach Wilson, you were like, eh. Ugh, not like, for me. Like, yeah, like I guess. Like, I don't <laughs> know, like that. Caleb actually delivers on on that towering expectation. So it's uh, the the accordion Vivaldi guy. Caleb went, so five-star prospect at high school, you know, and he went to Oklahoma to, literally to play with Lincoln Riley. Again, this is the quarterback, if you listened to an episode earlier ago, like who's been wanting to be a quarterback so badly that he had the real-life version of Olivia Pope from Scandal, like the real-life inspiration doing like comms crisis. Like this is a guy who's been training his whole life to be this person. And then, he, you know, he won the Heisman Trophy, like, you know, went to Oklahoma to Lincoln Riley, moved to Oklahoma, uh, USC with Lincoln Riley, won the Heisman at like what, 4,500 yards, 42 touchdowns, five picks. Like it's insane. But to your point, DK, like it's the magic after the play, as Solak was saying, but the challenge is you're going to do these comps and this is like a draft thing, right? You're like, oh, Caleb Williams. Yeah. He's like Patrick Mahomes, you know, the like second best quarterback ever. ever. He's like yeah. that guy. Right. And it's like, yeah. it's kind of like, if you say that it's loaded, but that magic, of course, because I, I think, I think the other went the less like second best quarterback. I, I also think Caleb Williams is kind of like if Kyler Murray was tall enough to see over the offensive line. Right. You know, because Kyler has that magic too, but he's like in a short guy energy and Caleb Williams is like three inches taller than Kyler. I think mm-hmm. the the Kyler Murray thing is, um, it's useful because the way that I picture Kyler Murray scrambling around and evading pass rushers and making pass rushers look silly and the, the way that he can kind of like... Wait, what your comp for Kyler Murray was the way he runs, you said he runs like a toddler who stole your phone? I don't know if I came up with that one. Oh, <laughs> but that's a good one. Overall. But I like that one. It, it, it's, it's a visual that you understand immediately. Mm-hmm. Um but I, but I think that the Kyler one is, is interesting because of that, because Caleb Williams does the same thing. He's not quite as explosive, I think, as Kyler Murray, but he is really, really like shifty, like ma- magician almost in the way that he can escape pressure, yeah. keep, keep a play going, buy himself an extra beat to get a throw off, which I think is really mm-hmm. important in the NFL. And then, of course, with Caleb Williams, like the big thing is his arm talent, his ability to throw off platform, his ability to twist and contort his body to make throws across like his body 
yeah. and still deliver it with a lot of velocity and accuracy. So, um, yeah. yeah, he, to me, like, I, there's a lot of different types of comps to throw out there, but I think he was hard one to do because, you know, he's just a pretty unique yeah. looking uh, and, quarterback. And when we have Kyler, we have a, a shorter player and, and a player who doesn't have the the reach down the field. And like, Kyler's got great arm talent, but he doesn't have the explosive arm talent, the distance. Uh, and then when when we also have a body like Caleb does, I remember bringing this up when we first talked about him and with Jalen Hurts, right? He's got a little bit of like a denser build. He's got a thick lower half. He can survive contact. He can explode. Like, he's a... He's, a, he's like ran he's through a, strong a guy at the goal yeah, line. He's physical. He'll, he'll, yeah. physical. Sur- he'll survive contact from defensive linemen. Kind of like get Andrew Luck. It. Like, right. these highlights yeah. are like hitting guys. And typically, the exchange, when you're that dense, you're not as good throwing outside of structure because your body's not as loose. You're not, you're, you don't have as much of a whip action to you. The fact that Caleb can get out of structure and then just send that sucker, like, you don't... It, it, that's again, it's Mahomesian, right? Where Mahomes got like, you know, he's got like a dense build to him. He's a thick guy, he's stronger than you expect in the pocket. And then he gets out of the pocket, he suddenly becomes Aaron Rodgers caliber loose. And you're like, dude, how are you doing right. this? That's also present with Caleb. So, all right, rapid fire lightning right here. I'm going to, I want you to rank where Caleb ranks with some other past quarterback prospects. Like, I know we've seen these guys, so it's hard to pretend like Trevor Lawrence, like you see him as a pro. So let's say you get all of them at 22 years old, but you've mm-hmm. seen them as pros. So, like Zach Wilson, obviously, no. So it's Caleb Williams. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, and like inj- take the ACLs out mm-hmm. for like Joe mm-hmm. Burrow uh, and CJ Stroud. So it's six guys. Um, does Caleb Williams, would you take, they're all 22 years old. They're all on a rookie contract and all of them are in the draft. Would you take Caleb Williams over any of those guys? Knowing what you know about those players, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, CJ Stroud. Would you take him over any of those I guys? I would probably go over Kyler. I'll tell you right now, I know Caleb's not going to be above Triber for me, yeah. um, and, but he'll certainly be above Young. He'll be above Stroud. He'll be above Burrow. Uh, who else did you name? Kyler. Herbert. He'll be above Kyler for me. Herbert, he'll be above Herbert in terms of how I graded him coming out for sure. Like, That's I a prospect. Yeah, yeah he'll, he'll be below Trevor. I'm positive he won't be one, but he'll be he'll be top. But where do you put him now? But now that you've after seen you know like Herbert, guys. you'd probably take over Lawrence now, having yeah. seen them play. Yeah, yeah. So would you take Caleb over Her- Lawrence, knowing what Lawrence really is in the NFL? No. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm positive Lawrence is a good quarterback. So I've seen him do it in the league for multiple years. Caleb, there's a lot of worlds where Caleb's just box. not good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I think, and that's yeah, and, and that's um a good point. And I think a lot of people are a little bit nervous about Caleb because so Caleb Williams clearly physically is special. I think it's pretty obvious when you watch. I think there's a lot of um, reservation. I, you know, he's still going to be number one on a lot of people's boards, and he's probably going to go first overall. But I think there are reservations with the style which with which he plays because. You're going to have to get the right system and the right mm-hmm. coach who's able to kind of, I think, coax the structure and on-time nature of like his game. like Just get him more consistent playing on time, getting the ball out, hitting his back foot, throwing the football, taking those check downs, which is what he was talking, what Solak was talking about earlier, um, because he he holds the ball for way too long. Like straight up, it's, it's not going to work consistently if he's holding the ball Ooh. for like five seconds on every drop back. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have to improve and massage that part of the game. It's still going to be a part of his game, but he can't rely on it as his foundation, if, if that makes sense. Some coaches are going to be like, hey, Caleb Williams, you just play the piano. He's like, dude, I play the accordion. <laughs> so, you know, it's that's yeah. it's just how it's going to yeah. be. Can I do one more quick NFL draft guide shout out? Please. So we have fun facts with Dan Comer at the bottom of all the players, right? Yeah. It was just stuff that Comer found during research, which is sick. My favorite one so far scrolling through is Brock Bowers, uh, tied in at Georgia, fourth overall <laughs> player for DK. Uh, Kirby Smart said that while Bowers was in high school during the pandemic, Bowers sent Georgia coaches videos of himself sprinting up mountains and hills. <laughs> and there's no context for that. I'm sure there's like, just like, a, like everybody's got to send videos of them working out. 
and whatever. But the way that it's phrased makes it sound like Bowers is just like, yo, Kirby, look at this. Well, just if you're him running up a hill really fast. The other one, the other one <laughs> that kills me. Dude, George, Kirby Smart also said that Brock, they, they never got two words out of I know, two words out of Brock Bowers in four years. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm like, that kind of makes, that's so sick. Yeah. All uh, tight ends should be that way, right? You either need to be Travis Kelsey and George Kittle where you're like, all of the media, Robert Brash. Kelsey, all of the media, yeah. or you need to be like, I am a silent samurai. I'm the, I'm the honest warrior. That's he, only two ways a tight end should can we get, be. Should we get Brock Bowers on the podcast? Be like, don't feel the need to answer anything. <laughs> I, we bring him on a show and we just do the he regular show. Out. He's just present, holding a mic, doesn't speak for 60 minutes. Do you like answering questions with more than one word? And he's like, no. Yep. I'm like, boom. So, all right. So NFLdraft.thereno.com. And again, other, I mean, dude, you have DK, Malik Neighbors, the receiver from LSU. DK's comp from his Ricky Bobby. He just wants to go fast. Pew, <laughs> pew. Brian Thomas, the other receiver from LSU. You have Christian Watson or Kenny Powers on a jet ski. This, this came to me when we were talking about Brian Thomas Jr. the other day. Were you sober? Yes, I was sober for this one. But mm-hmm. I just picture him like cruising, like the way he smoothly glides off the line and hits top speed and gets over the top of cornerbacks. I had this vision in my mind of Kenny Power yeah. in a suit, riding his jet ski majestically and stoically looking at the camera. I think it. that scene's in Fort Myers, and I went to it. This is a <laughs> bar in Fort Myers. When we that, I went to the bathroom in that ba- in that uh, bar. There was just that episode of Kenny Powers is on a loop in the bathroom, <laughs> and so like I go and like pe- you know I go back. My girlfriend's like, "Are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just watched the entire episode of Kenny Powers in the bathroom." <laughs> you know, so, DK is, was born to make these comps because the way he speaks about it is the way that like a, a righteous man speaks of like the of God. Like he's like, I, and it came to me in a vision. <laughs> yes. Kenny Powers and then Jeff. <laughs> he, he, he says it like the Oracle. It's so funny to me. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of the Oracle. Okay, so Mike McDonald, defense coordinator for the Ravens. He's been hired by the Seattle Seahawks. I think it gave him a six-year deal. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, Ra- incredible work with Ravens. Like Ravens had the most sacks this year and allowed the, like the fewest points. So that's that's pretty good. Uh, and again, hot, you know, and again, the, want some of that. The genius, Looking forward to some of that. And again, Mike McDonald, like kind of at the cutting edge of the NFL with the scheme of you know the hot dogs and buns, right? Like they're just like we don't need to we don't need to do it a third Has time. Has Solak heard it? Well, uh, I think uh, he I haven't can go heard back it, and listen. But someone responded to something that all of us were tagged in, and they were like, dude, if you had 80 hot dogs and 100 buns and everything, I was reading it just being like, <laughs> one of my favorite things about coming on this show is entering in the middle of jokes and just trying to riddle them out backwards. Dude. So I don't want any information. I want to figure it out over <laughs> so time. All you know is that someone emailed in with the headline, all caps, and said, that was the worst metaphor anyone's ever made. And they said, so it's like, the Billy, you should have done the Billy Madison. Like, everyone here is dumber. For having yeah, listened to that, you yeah. talk. <laughs> you, at no point, you, at no point in your rambling, incoherent mess. <laughs> I don't. I can't even remember no, exactly. It's, it's, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right. Anyway, well, so, simple wrong would have done, but that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Mike, that's what I thought when I said maestro. But no, it's people okay. had pointed out. I, th- I think I said this on the show. It's the correct pronunciation in Italian. So, so no, it's good an, for you. We're not doing this now. Anyway. Mike McDonald's the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. DK, are you thrilled about this? Because the, yes. the vibe on Mike McDonald basically is like the Shanahan offensive guys that have all spread around the league. Mike McDonald's like the, the weed killer. Like he's killing, like he is the one who can yes. stop these dudes. And you're in the NFC West with the 49ers and Shanahan. So are you kind of like thrilled? Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense that they would do this, uh, that uh, John Schneider would hire this guy. I, I immediately, when Pete Carroll was fired, I was like, I want something different. I want, number one, it would not be nice to have a guy who's known for innovating and come in and like, a younger guy with sort of at the cutting edge of, of defense or offense. I, I was leaning offense. I still probably would have preferred like an offensive minded coach, but of, of the candidates available still, like he was by far 
my number one. And it's kind of wild how it all worked out, like with the timing of all the different teams hiring coaches. And somehow Mike McDonald fell through the cracks to be the last guy essentially out there. I, I, I know Washington still hasn't hired a coach, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he was able to stifle the Shanahan tree of of offenses around the NFL this year to that degree is really exciting. Obviously, you need to you want to win in your division first. You're going to be facing these guys multiple times a year. Um, so I'm excited from that point of view. What I know of him is he's very smart. Um, you know, obviously the Michigan defense that won the national title this year that was a huge part of the reason that, that Michigan won the national title this year was something that he kind of laid the foundation for a couple mm-hmm. of years ago mm-hmm. yeah he's um, a hardball guy he's been on the Ravens like as he was linebackers coach there and then he went to Michigan and ran Jim Harbaugh's defense that they made yeah, the year yeah. before and then went to the Baltimore this is like massively simplifying it oversimplifying it but like going from like the Huskies playing Texas which was sort of stagnant we're not you're like the hide- college football playoff semifinal. Yeah, with the like yeah. the Huskies played first Texas and then they played Michigan and Penix like tore Texas apart. Like, but they were like, the, their defense was like, we're not hiding anything. We're not like, you know, trying to like confuse you a lot. We're just going to line up and do our thing. And then going from that to playing Michigan and he was completely confused the whole time. I thought that was like kind of a metaphor for like what the Seahawks defense was and will become hopefully um, because like the Seahawks for a long time, I, you know, obviously they've had different iterations throughout the years, but you know, the, at the at its core, Pete Carroll's defense was sort of like we're going to line up and we're just going to be better than you and beat you. Um, and so I'm I'm very excited to see kind of what McDonald can do in terms of like the hot dogs and the buns. Where well, the, yeah, you have no idea what's happening. Basically, it's just confusing the offensive line. It's confusing the the quarterback. It's just making it really really hard on the offense to know exactly where pressure's coming. It's literally from. Literally the opposite. If yeah. someone are going to line you up and beat you, and you know what's happening, we're better. It's actually you have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. So, so, so that to me is is very exciting. So McDonald's 36 and be the youngest head coach in the NFL. So like mm-hmm. who at one point were also, I think, quite literally the youngest person covering I'm, the NFL I'm actually, in the world. I'm the youngest head coach in the NFL. It goes me and then McDonald. <laughs> so uh, do you have any advice for Mike McDonald as someone who will just be the youngest person in his entire grow, industry? Grow a beard or get a scar or do something that implies age. <laughs> a scar. Yeah, so anything you can do. Now, if, if, if you had put me in charge of a team at the beginning of the cycle, all the jobs are open, all the candidates are available. Belichick is around, Rabel's around. The first guy I would have asked the interview would have been McDonald. I, I thought he, I thought he was the, the the top of the pyramid for candidates. And it goes back. Love to, that. It goes back to like I don't understand why teams do this, where they get like two weeks into the cycle, and the best coordinators are obviously still on teams that are still playing because they're winning playoff games. <laughs> and then they're like, shoot, I should probably just hire Brian Callahan. Like, yeah. Just wait, man. Like, what has Brian Callahan done? This is unfair to Brian Callahan. I'm sorry, Brian Callahan. What has Brian <laughs> Callahan done? Specifically, Brian Callahan. Yes. So like, what has yeah, Brian whatever. Callahan done in the last 14 to 17 days that was so valuable you couldn't wait for Mike McDonald? Yeah. It's, it's very silly to me. The one advantage, I think, well, you know, this isn't unique to only the Seahawks, but one big advantage I think that Seattle had in this coaching search is they could be patient. They could wait because John Schneider and his team are still scouting mm-hmm. the draft. Like, one of the big reasons teams are in a rush. When, especially when yeah. they when they get out of a GM and a coach at the same time or a coach that has a lot of say in the draft is because there's like only so many weeks until the draft. You know, they need to like spend all that time getting their board ready and ha- and giving the grades and, and, you know, making their priorities and everything like that. And like the Seahawks have been doing that. There's no break from what I understand in like the way that they're yep. constructing their board. John Schneider, I'm sure, has been working on that. 
And so it gave them the flexibility and the patience that they that they really yeah. needed to get it and right. And when you go and you look at like D'Amico, Ryan's coming off of an NFC Championship game loss, joining the Houston Texans with Nick Casario in place, Shane Steichen for the Indianapolis Colts after a Super Bowl loss, joining the Indianapolis Colts with Chris Ballard in place, right? Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's a way that like that initial onboard of an established general manager gives your head coach a really nice ramp up. Uh, I said this to DK while we were walking back from the hotel. I can't wait to see the opening odds for the NFC West because the 49ers are going to be huge favorites to win it and the Rams are probably going to be second given the way they finished the season and if Seattle's a strong third I'll be taking Seattle in a heartbeat like <laughs> yeah. the, the, the year one jump could be very legitimate for them so speaking of the Seahawks uh, we were at the Senior Bowl today and again the super seniors here quarterbacks the I would say the two most famous players here are Michael Penix, as you mentioned, for the Huskies, mm-hmm. who tore up Texas and got shredded by Michigan in that kind of branch of McDonald defense. Penix is here, and Bonix for Oregon, Boomer Bo, who's t- turning 24 in a month. <laughs> I like that. Aren't they like the same age? We yeah, call but Penix Boomer Bo. Tw- yeah, so Penix actually, a bit, <laughs> so Boomer Bo is 24. He's older than Trey Lance. And Penix is like three months younger and yet has been in college for longer. Penix <laughs> went to college and enrolled in 2018. Right. Yep. I, I know I keep saying this, but 14 Marvel movies while he was in college. Anyway. That's wild. The point being, your you're comp, so your comp here, you have um, we have Southpaw Geno Smith for Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think that Michael Penix played on day two? Because I think Solik made a great point yesterday that day one, it's like, all right, you just met all these guys. You played the first time. Maybe you suck. Day two, day three, you want to see a little improvement. Did you, yeah. Penix... Did you uh, or um, next, any improvement? I wouldn't say that it was a good day for any of the quarterbacks, really. I think, you know, Penix, he made a couple of throws that I thought were okay. But overall, I would say still struggling with, like, you see this a lot. Like, he would drop back to pass and the pressure would come. And then he would just kind of turtle up and not throw the football. Like, that happened a yeah. few too many times. And you don't want to see that. Obviously, it's better than throwing at a pick. But, you know, this was one of the, the issues that was that he had during the season was like dealing with pressure. The That Texas game, I think so many people thought he'd be like a top 10 pick because in that game in particular, he was so good at navigating the pocket, moving around, getting around pressure, getting the football off really quickly. He had a couple of really big plays. Um, and in the, and you know, in practice today and yesterday, really on, on Tuesday and Wednesday, um, there were times where he just held the ball for too long and he got sacked, you know, quote unquote sacked. He wasn't really sacked, but yeah. Um, so that was like kind of an issue. I, I wouldn't say any of the quarterbacks really impressed me, though. Like this has been kind of like a theme for this this week is that the quarterbacks have not been that great. Yeah, I thought pr- Penix was worse today than he was yesterday. I thought Nix was about the same as he was, which was not great yesterday and today. They're uh, This is going to sound very dumb. They're all better in sevens than they are in elevens, right, with no offensive line where they can just like... Yeah, you're saying seven and seven, so it's just quarterbacks. There's no pass rush. Yeah. It's like Craig's yeah. thing, like... T- Three Mississippi before you can rush. Yeah, the main thing <laughs> is that like the national offensive line, especially the interior, which is, is a team. There's two teams, one yeah. national American, the national team's better. Yeah, yeah. So the national offensive line, especially the interior, is not super great. Uh, and the and the national defensive line, when they practice, they're going up against their own their own team, their own unit. Uh, the defensive line is having a wonderful series of practices. And so when they do 11s, and you're really like you want to see them like manage the pocket, read it out, like it's it's as live as it gets during practice. They're Penix, Knicks, they're under a lot of immediate pressure. It makes it hard to, to to hash it out. But also, like, even in, like, one-on-ones, they're not throwing the ball very accurately. So yeah. give them some grace. Not too much grace. Uh, this Neither one of them looks like, oh, clear round one guy. But, you know. I, I, I will say, only. like, I think, and teams, maybe teams and GMs and decision makers, evaluators look at it differently. But I've, I've been coming to the Senior Bowl for a lot of years now, and I can't remember ever being like, this guy's really good. Like, at, at quarterback. Senior, yeah. Uh, I remember when Baker was here at the Senior Bowl and just watching and and being like, "All right, this guy can rip it." Okay, right? like Allen, yeah. 
Josh Allen was like missing the the target on like stationary throws. Like they put up like the big target with like the three nets in it. <laughs> I remember like, seeing he couldn't the physically hit the yeah. target, and I was like, dude, this is a psyop. <laughs> like he should not go round five. And right. then obviously Josh is incredible. Wait, now. so wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Josh Allen, like the, the whole thing with quarterbacks is like you know it's a trope, but I, it's really true. It's like an NFL quarterback. You, you you have to be able to throw the ball like through a door. Like 30 yards away. Mm-hmm. And then the great quarterbacks can hit the doorknob and like, you know, the elite ones, Tom Brady can hit the keyhole. And you're telling me Josh Allen like straight up couldn't do that at the senior bowl. No, he couldn't. Like he would, he would hit the target off so, more often than not, but oftentimes he would miss the target. So my question to you is, Joe Milton is this gargantuan no. quarterback from Tennessee. No. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Josh Allen Absolutely no. throw the ball 90 yards. Yeah. He's big. He can run. He's fast. And like, basically it's like, well, he has no touch. He has no accuracy. He's not an NFL quarterback. But like if Josh Allen learned what it's a serious question. What is the difference in what you're saying? Three years of starting. Well, four years of starting. No, three years of starting at Wyoming versus he got to be at Michigan and Tennessee. Joe Milton did. He played in, in the most quarterback friendly offense that can exist at the university of Tennessee. And is Never. Michigan the most? Well, I know, but Michigan, like, if anything, it was like Harbaugh was like, "What am I? I don't know what to do with this dude." Yes, I don't like I, the the fact that Milton went through the coaching and the environment that he went through relative to the stuff that uh uh uh, uh Allen went through. Completely different worlds, and like Milton can launch it ninety yards, but like Milton, uh, like Allen at least had like different throws in his quiver. Like Milton just has one throw in his quiver, just far fast. He's, like, he's got yeah. one look. Yeah, Am I that's the one who notices this. They're that's, all, they're all, they're all <laughs> the same look. <laughs> what was it, Magnum? So let's just yeah. politely smiles. It was Zoolander. It's Zoolander. Yeah. Ah, it's such a good movie. Blue Steel. <laughs> Magnum. Oh, Blue Steel. Yeah, they're all the. That's like that's actually been another. That's another complaint that people have had about Penix is like he has he can throw lasers, but. That's about yeah, it. Yeah, he just only, it's like when you hold the Madden, like if you grew up playing Madden and then they later they added the bullet pass. So then if you didn't mm-hmm. know that you play the new Madden and you hold down the button, you're like, what was that? Yeah. You're like, yep. you know, it's like a bullet pass. And it's kind of like every time with Penix. Yeah. Like, but so, uh, Milton, to your point though, I think Milton is going to get drafted on day two, maybe day three. Oh, if he gets drafted on day two, Late day two or early day three because of his traits, because of his arm, because he's a big, strong athlete. Someone's going to. I also it, I talked to him today at the media availability, and he was hilarious. And he was wearing orange fuzzy, like furry slippers. They looked like <laughs> orange chinchillas, nice. and they were designer. And I was like, "Damn, that was, they look comfortable as hell." I was like, Did I you just say, said, "Can I have those?" I literally, yeah, I literally asked him, "Where can I get a pair?" And he was like, "They're like nine hundred and fifty dollars." I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm like, all right, I'm like, all right." So, um, yeah, not not for me. Uh, okay, so. Next up, we have the the Jaden Reed Grown Ass Man Award because a year mm-hmm. ago, like, look, some you watch a practice, like that's a day of practice. Then you watch two practices, and you're like, yeah, no, that guy's an NFL player. Yeah, but like Jaden, we literally watched Jaden Reed, and we were like, that's a grown ass man, and like he is a professional, and these other guys are like they are college, they are amateurs, and like that, you know, literally. Yeah, and, like I, I think they're at the Senior Bowl, especially with receivers. There's guys that are like, this guy's good. And then there's guys that are like, if you squint and you're like, well, I could like, I could see that happening. I could see it working in certain whatever in offense. But like, there are always guys that are just immediately, you know, they're good. Debo Samuel was one. Terry McLaurin was one. Last year, Jaden Reed was definitely one. Um, and you go back, like Puka Nakua only practiced like, I think one day last mm-hmm. year, but he was really impressive for one, that first day. Uh, and immediately you just say, yes, he's going. I think this is going to be an NFL player. Like the Joe Milton thing I just said, that's me trying to see what could be. But like, this is like, no, no, this is, we are just seeing. Like they're good. These these guys are good. With that said, I want to start with, so I want to start with you. Toledo cornerback, Quinion Mitchell. Yeah. uh, Who I 
I would say it's just straight up in the best player of the Senior Bowl so far. Yeah. Yeah. No. Quinion Mitchell was the, was a was a guy who I watched before the Senior Bowl, who I was told like, hey, like this is one of the better players there that not a lot of people know, and I didn't remember his name, and so I just called him the Toledo cornerback for like nine days. Uh, <laughs> like now, you're a real, that's like you're, you're a real scout, right? That's because you're yeah. gonna be a dad soon, and it's just like the, you know the, the kid Toledo, from Toledo kid. Yeah, the Toledo the kid, kid from Toledo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Maybe I can actually finally start calling them kids if I, what's on my dad. <laughs> no, if you're a dad, you can <laughs> yeah. cause like, son. Also, you can start once, calling him yeah. son. Once you're a dad, you have so many other responsibilities. You have no sleep. You run out of RAM. You can't like learn new names once you're a dad. Mm-hmm. So it's the kid from Toledo. Yes. Yeah, so uh, Toledo, Quinion Mitchell. You watch him, he's a ton of off cover there for the Rockets, but he's a smart son of a gun and he's fluid as heck. And he's very clearly got NFL size too. Like he's matching up well with, with, with Mac receivers. You can see that he can he can run at NFL speed, he can play at NFL size. You're wondering, okay, like how sticky is he going to be if you actually leave him an island on man coverage, which is exactly what you get at the Senior Bowl. And there just hasn't been a receiver here who's consistently open so against sticky. him. So yeah, sticky. Yeah, exactly. Like the the, the national team that the he's on, the first, uh, first practices, they got some good receivers. They have uh, Roman Wilson. They have... Uh, the uh, the fast little slot boy that they, they've got legitimate guys who can open up who can separate and Mitchell's comfortable sticking with all of them especially he, they they put Roman Wilson on him like three or four times this afternoon best on best for them their top wide receiver versus yeah. Quinion and Quinion won the majority of the exchanges uh, are you talking about Ricky Pearsall yes Pearsall to Florida thank you the fast quick, little, slot little slot boy uh, <laughs> Pearsall's not even that small that, that small right um I, so the thing was, I started to think Lad McConkey, but Lad's on the other squad. Right. So I was like, it's the other one. Pearsall and McConkey have similar styles, yeah, I yeah. think. Uh, so now uh, with Mitchell, the name that I wrote down when I was watching him was Greg Newsom. Uh, and Greg Newsom was like a, a back end of the first round pick out of Northwestern. He came in measurables wise, Quinion did almost exactly on Newsom's measurables. Right? A little bit over six foot, a little bit under 200 pounds, but exactly what you want to be in terms of a, a corner who can be versatile man to zone. And then uh, if you're going to be versatile like that, you got to have eyes, you got to have smarts. And that's the number one thing with Mitchell you see on film. It's just how he's a, he's a clever and instinctive son of a gun. So yeah, Mitchell, for me, I've watched both the Bama corners, Terry and Arnold and Kool-Aid McKintry. Uh, those two guys are, are viewed as corner one and corner two in this class. Neither one of them, for me, feels like they're a tier above Mitchell. Like, I don't mind if you have Mitchell corner three, but I don't watch those guys and watch Mitchell and go, oh yeah, clearly Arnold, clearly McKintry. And then we go on. To me, they're all pretty lumped in there in the top, yeah. along with Iowa. We haven't even talked about uh, Cooper, Cooper DeGene. So Cooper DeGene. Oh, I literally can't. We're, we're going to say that. Can't one. wait for I Cooper DeGene. Can't wait. So, uh, I, the, to me, like, clearly, like when I, I was watching this today, I was just like, the most NFL, th- the thing where I'm like, oh, Jaden Reed again, where I'm like, this is like an NFL thing I'm watching was Quinion Mitchell, the cornerback, and he was guarding Roman Wilson, who is the receiver at a Michigan DK. You were talking about him earlier this week. Um, but you were, I, I asked who you're excited to see. The first name you said was Roman Wilson. Yeah. And then these guys kind of went up all day and it was sick and like early Quinion Mitchell ran a route basically for Jerry Rice's son and literally the best catch of the day from the receivers was straight up Quinion Mitchell intercepting a pass and it was like all right he needs to go against better competition no offense to Jerry Rice's son um again the guy your friend Ray who came up and was like who do you model your game after to Jerry Rice's son <laughs> I know I love that <laughs> it was like the most awkward moment of my life clever but so DK how did you uh, how did you feel about Roman Wilson? Because he's going against like Quinion Mitchell, NFL cornerback. And then you see Roman Wilson. Yeah. And I actually flex, just talked to Quinion Mitchell after the availability. And I was like, oh, what, nice. what was like? Cause he was like, Oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a harshest critic. I'm like, all right, dude, what'd you do wrong today? And he was like, dude, I slipped on a route against. Roman yeah. Dude. So this was one of the, the coolest, practice. one of the coolest things uh, I think the teams do here is I, I want to say they call it, maybe it's wrong. So like, but they call it like call outs yeah, yeah. where they have at the very end of practice, it's basically like one defensive player who's had been the best that week. So, or that day. so like the, all the players go from their drills and they all make a like make a circle. a circle. It's like yeah. it's like the Jets and the Sharks. They're gonna fight, like <laughs> you know, like they're going around like snapping. 
<laughs> and uh, Quinion Mitchell called out Roman Wilson, best on best. Roman Wilson ran an out route and shook Quinion Mitchell, and actually Mitchell like slipped and got open. But yeah. the pass was actually really behind. And well, out of the first break, Mitchell slipped. Out of the second break. Uh, Wilson slipped. Yeah. And so slip, Mitchell, snap. Mitchell was able to get back into him. So you thought these guys are trying to hit hard angles to oh, yeah. one another. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're, they're both slip so, but then anyway, so the pass was off target because of, because of that slip, I believe. And, mm-hmm. and, but Roman Wilson caught, like it was a laser and he yeah. caught it with one hand at the sideline. Okay. So Roman Wilson also for content, Quinn Mitchell is the first rounder. DK Roman Wilson is a, stop me, a first rounder, a second rounder. Yes. Stop. That's sick. He's. Uh, I think the reason he might not be a first, probably not going to be a first, is just he's small. He's not big. Yeah. yeah. But he's very twitchy. He's very sudden, you know, um, and very, very explosive. Can cut on a dime. So, yeah, he's he's 5'10", a buck 80. And so this is a slot player. And so that just kind of limits what you're going to be unless right. I think he runs a surprising speed of the combine. And then you start thinking, okay, maybe he, he can take the top I will off say, on you. He ran a 4.37 laser timed at the yeah. opening and when he was in high school. So yeah. I said again, dude, when you use three, no, a 4.37, so a 4.4. Late, like sub four 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 mm. three seven because the hand time forties are like the self reported heights like Xavier Leggett is like, like the, oh, it was and they're like okay you had a like, twenty mile an hour wind at your back or whatever yeah exactly yeah. the laser times are like that's actually like this the is time. the opening for Nike which they put on for yeah. uh, high school high students school. laser and it, it's I mean it's more regulated I don't know for sure if it's like <laughs> that is like exactly what he ran but it's much more regulated than doing Wait, it at a track or whatever dude when we're at the combine every time they talk about this we have to do the Doctor Evil. Laser. <laughs> like, Lasers. Kind of, wait, what kind of 40 yard dash is that? Laser. Laser. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. The other Jaden Reed, another Jaden Reed grown-ass man award, dude. Oregon Center, Jackson Powers Johnson. Square pants. SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so, like, you turn, well, CK calls him SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. You just called him by his name, which I mean, I guess that's cool. Probably you better. Just turned yeah. to me. I don't remember what you said. You basically were like, I was in my head. I'm thinking dodgeball when he's like that. Like that dude can play. Like, yeah, that's basically what you said to me. <laughs> no, nah, he's uh, he's a son of a gun. He's he's isn't he, when you watch him on film. He's this is SpongeBob. Yeah, is uh, Oregon Center. He is a high effort player, right? This is the they, they are a a heavy screen team and a heavy misdirection team, and so they're going to get him moving out in space. and They need him to be to be active, and so he's oh, he's really nice on the hoof. He tracks well. He runs well. I, I haven't heard that one. Nice on the what? On the ho- hoof. 
This is this is a lie. Nah, 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 nah. This is like, instead of two jargons and a lie. I'm just gonna be like, what did yeah. you just say? Yeah, I, I, this is a word I acknowledge. I'm bad at. This is not like a hype. It's for me to pretend no, like I know what word. I'm saying. No, no, like, I yeah. think the word is right, but it, the expression is. Yeah, I mean, like he's nice on the run. Oh yeah, when an offensive lineman's good on the hoof, it means that when you get him into space, right? Usually, offensive lineman playing in the phone booth, right? You're 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 stepping backwards. You're absorbing contact. You're trying to pass protect. Every so often, though, you climb into the second level. You climb out running and destroying a quarterback. You're on the hoof, right? Exactly. And, and, and for certain teams, like that's going to be really, really important, right? Like when, when the Ravens took Tyler Linderbaum center out of Iowa in the first okay, round a couple yeah. of years ago, one of the big reasons was he was, he was good on the hoof, right? And, and for Greg Roman in that offense, they needed him to pull a lot and needed to move him around a lot. Powers Johnson came in at 330. Yeah, that's, that's enormous big. for a center. That wow. is so, and, and it's and like 70% yeah. in his chest. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he literally is kind of like if Clint Hurt was like a college kid. <laughs> yeah. like he just, he's just, there's right. so much more of him than there should be. Yeah, yeah and he didn't come in uh, stubby either. He's got 31 inch arms, which they certainly aren't are, aren't aren't long. That's not amazing. But you you you, you he he has enough length to be successful, and then he also can still get his arms back underneath you. So those really long guys struggle to re-leverage. He re-leverages very successfully. Oh my god! Wait, we well, can do the images in Spotify now. We can drop if you're listening on Spotify right now. We can put an image of the Oregon Center in, and you can see why we keep calling him SpongeBob. So yeah. check the phone. We'll put love the picture it. In. Yeah. So this is this is a player who has a, a really impressive skill set for center. I was trying to find comps for a guy like body type wise playing at, at this weight at center. It's not something that you see very often uh, at the NFL level. The thing that's been most impressive here is just a, he, nobody can exchange power with him. Right, every single one on one defensive tackles. There's the initial contact. Powers Johnson gets his hand set. He drops his weight and then the reps over. Like and even when he's getting beat off the line, like a guy like crosses his face and gets to his shoulder. He's able to recover quickly. He's got quick feet. He gets upon the guy, and then the rep ends. There, there's not been somebody for two days who has just beaten the guy with power. He's played at center. He's played at both guard spots in practice. This is a, this is a round one player uh, in the interior. I walked in not thinking he was that caliber. Mm. I've been convinced over the course of the week. This is a, this guy's going round one. Aye, aye, captain. Oh, I wish Craig was here. Okay, he would have got that. All right, whatever. Oh, uh, was that a SpongeBob reference? Yeah, that was yeah. a SpongeBob reference. Yeah, I, I can't name. hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, who lives on a pineapple? Sorry. Was that you being like, so did you get it? And we're like, that was really bad. I didn't, I, it was I, I captain. I was just like, that was a weird way for Hyvitz to move on. <laughs> so, yeah, and then right. I realized it was SpongeBob. Like, they can't all be winners. Okay. Other guys, genuinely just this like grown ass man. This is an NFL player. DK, you told me going in, you were excited to see this dude. And then he was like, I felt like this haven't been told about a band before it got famous. Marshall, <laughs> uh-huh. and this is now everyone can listen. Marshawn Lloyd. Yeah. Running back at a USC. This dude is like, been the best running back at the Senior Bowl. He's been one of two, I think, of the best. Him and uh, Ray Davis from Kentucky. But <clears throat> Lloyd has, I mean, he. I think one of the questions We're was like number zero at practices this week, which is sick. yeah, number one. I think he kind of lives up to his name, Marshawn. I don't know if he was named after Marshawn Lynch. I don't think the math probably works right for that. But no, he plays physical. Um, he's got good balance, like a low center of gravity to juke and jump cut. The most and, underrated trait in a running back, that, yeah, that balance, and he breaks tackles, which is great. I mean, obviously, like I think in this setting, it's hard to evaluate running backs, but you can see the burst, you can see the explosiveness, you can see the jump cut. Um, so you know, I, he's been really impressive to me. He's caught the ball a little bit this this week, which is great. And then mm-hmm. Ray Davis is six. What was it? What is he? Five eight. Five eight two twenty pounds. <laughs> F- wait, I five, <laughs> so, so, sorry, Ray Davis is running back at the. Five foot Kentucky. eight out of Kentucky. He is five eight two twenty. Five eight yeah. two twenty. So for perspective, do you remember Doug Martin, Tampa Bay Buccaneers running the back? Muscle hamster. Five nine two twenty three. 
So we were talking wow, about- Wow, he's shorter. Yeah, so we were talking about the muscle- I love that. What's like smaller than a hamster? What's like a, a guinea pig? No, that's way bigger than oh, a hamster. That, I don't know anything about Dude, learn your rodents. Uh, uh, whatever what? smaller than a hamster. He's the muscle Email that. us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. Because a capybara is bigger. The muscle- also, It's the imagine, biggest one, dude. Can you imagine being named, nicknamed the muscle hamster? You get to the NFL, you achieve your lifelong dream, and they're like, hey, muscle hamster. Like, that's <laughs> I, think, I think he owns it. I think he lives up to it. I don't know. I The, the brow was bad, but Anthony mm-hmm. Davis is a lot of money. So, but that that's- so, what is smaller than a hamster? Dude, a I gerbil? Are those gerbil? smaller? Muscle, muscle gerbil. gerbil. Muscle are, those, gerbil. are those smaller or bigger? Potentially. The we smaller. will pilot this to him tomorrow. But hey, <laughs> hey, muscle gerbil. Muscle gerbil, gerby. Kentucky's good. Muscle hamster, muscle gerbil is is, is good. Uh, I think Lloyd's the better player. I like Lloyd quite a bit. For USC. Yeah, to USC. I, he just constantly popped on on Trojan's film. He he, yeah. can, he can break big runs. He can win tough stuff between the tackles. He's good in short yardage. He catches the football well enough. Like he's a good route runner and and understands where he's supposed to get. I think hands wise, I would love for him to be more consistent. But that's true of like every back not named Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> Lloyd reminds me of yeah. of of Javante Williams uh, out of UNC a little bit. Oh, that's an itch- yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, I feel like the, the, Javante to me runs kind of. You're a fisherman. You know when you catch a fish and the fish like really is mad that you like caught the fish yeah, and then, like, you out. pull right. out of the water. So that was the thing I was going to say was that Javante <laughs> out of UNC had a really bad reputation for bouncing and not hitting the correct hole. I don't, I think Lloyd's better in that regard. He certainly has some issues there. I think more Denver Javante where he's gotten better at that. That's the sort of player that I, that I see out, out of Marshall and Lloyd. Javante's a tough guy to calibrate too because he's coming off major injuries. So you don't right. really remember the athleticism, but I'll be interested to see how Lloyd tests because Javante across the board, he was like Lloyd. He was 5'9", 215, and then he was just above average speed, above average jumps, above average agility. He was just like a good athlete across the board. I, I'm curious to see if Lloyd gets there, but I think Lloyd is a, is a solid NFL athlete, solid NFL running back. 5'9", five, five, 217 was what he weighed in at. Yeah, I want to see I want to see the, the the explosives for Lloyd because I think that that's where he's going to make his hay the way that, that Javante did, but we got to see the numbers. So um, obviously, you know, our day job here is doing a fantasy football show. The running back class isn't that great. Last year was kind of sick. There are a lot of running backs. This year, and obviously, you know, six-round running backs can still end up being really useful in fantasy, but I'm curious. Like, Blake Corum was the most famous running back in this class, went to Michigan, but, like, he didn't have he's an explosive play. He was, like, a veteran, and, like, you know, he's the guy, he was the captain Michigan team, and he did the interviews. He had the broken face with the blood, and, like, <laughs> that's just how I think. I just saw that pic. He's, mm-hmm. You know you have contact photos for people in your head? Like, you think of it, like, I like when I think of Blake no. Corum, if I th- think of Stephen Reese, don't you have, okay. like, a certain moment with Steven that that's when you think of Steven's face? No, nah, I just think of Steven's face. I don't know. Like when I think of Blake Corum, the first Google result in my head is him with the fucking broken, bloody face. That, at that, that, that makes sense. I want to look I, this up. Yeah. I, haven't, I don't know if I've seen that. Oh my God. Yeah. You haven't seen this? Yeah. I'm gonna look I just wanted to be, I just look at Blake Corum yeah. face. Blake Corum face. Dude, it's a compliment. This dude played a football game like this. Well, that's, a, I think insane. that's like that. It's a funny that you say a that because face. I think when I think of him, I'm just like, he's a ball player. Look at this. Blake Corum, bloody face. This is literally like, he went to like a, he did like an interview like this. He went, he did a press conference like, like that. Picture up on the Spotify feed. Look at that. He did a, oh wow, yeah. Anyway. Intense dude. So, ball player. Having said that, ah, no, no, he's good. But like, he's like doing these like one, you know, he, I think almost all his touchdowns in his entire four year college career were like inside of like the four yard line. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a super high pick. He's a coachable guy. Do you think, like, this isn't a great class, the best running back in this draft class. Like, you know, Trevion Henderson from Ohio State went back to school. Mm. So, like, the best running back in this class, in theory, is probably what Jonathan Brooks, Texas, who has a torn ACL. I personally think it's Trey Benson, but... Trey Benson. Okay. So, my point being, Marshall and Lloyd, you know, I know we're at the senior bowl, a lot of running backs are juniors. Having said that, Marshall and Lloyd might be the second. He might be a third rounder. 
Yeah, but he also might be the second and third highest drafted running back. Like, how many running backs can be taken ahead of Marshall? Lewis? Yeah, it, I don't I know. That's a good question. Four, yeah. I think a few can go before him. I think that Estimad and Notre Dame has a chance to go before him. Corum has a chance to go before him. Braylon Allen at Wisconsin has a chance to go before him. There's guys. Yeah. I think that I think that he's a middle round guy the way that most running backs these days. But not are even guys. Not even that there are like no first round running backs this year. It's like there are less second rounders than you. I don't probably, think there's right. There may not be a second rounder. So yeah. that's um, amazing. Like that's yeah. that's so it's a really weak class. It's though. a. I would yeah. say there's guys that are going to be contributors in the NFL and run the ball and carry mm-hmm. the football and score fantasy points. But there are no like Brees Halls. There's no Kenneth Walker in this class, probably. No guys six like, to midnight guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, but like, I, there are definitely guys that I like a lot in this yeah. class. I just don't think you're going to see like a 300, 300 touch fantasy player in year one. Yeah. So there's only one uh, class in history uh, where no running back went in the top 50. It was 2014. This is Dane Brugler of the Athletic brought this up to me in reference to this class. Do you guys remember Flex. who the running back was in that 2014 class? The oh. first back off the board. <sighs> It's it, it's such a name. 2014. 2014. So that's Sammy Watkins. So the year at the oh, this is the incredible draft. That's with Aaron Donalds. Yeah. Right. And but, like, uh, all and then they're no 2014. Yes. Mendenhall? No, he was a first runner, wasn't no. he? Uh now I so I won't tell you who the, the first one was. One running back in the first two rounds or running back in the first top fifty? No, there was no running back in the top fifty. The first one went no. at fifty-four overall. Uh, after him at 55 overall went Jeremy Hill to the Bengals, uh, Carlos Hyde at 57 to the 49ers. Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Trey Mason was in this class. Jared McKinnon, Devontae Freeman was in this class. James White was in this class. So at pick 54, the Tennessee Titans selected. Oh, Lindale. No, that was 10 years no. earlier. Wow, I'm so old. Bishop Sankey. Oh, Bishop yeah. Sankey. Bishop Sankey is a guy. Dude, Bishop Sankey. Yep. So that's the only class Fuck. in history in which there's been no running back in the top 50. There's a chance that this year becomes the second year. But I was, way, I was way off with Men in a Hole. He was in the 2008 draft. Dude, I said Lindale White. That's when Pete Carroll was at USC. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so wrong. Oh, okay. well. Um, okay, so those are like the Jade. Those guys are all grown ass men, right? Those guys are like well, those guys are probably be NFL players. Quin, Quinion Mitchell, Roman Wilson from Michigan, Jackson Powers Johnson, SpongeBob for Oregon, Marshawn Lloyd, Ray Davis for running back. Yeah, I want to do a little grab bag now because Solak. Honestly, it's like a it is like a joy like watching these practices with Solak because Solak like in the best sense of the word like nerds out and like so like I want to go through the grab bag because there's so many guys that uh, pique your interest. I want to do a grab bag of not necessarily guys that are like NFL player, but like. You're like, oh, wow, what was that? Like a little flash or something. Yeah. I want to start with the Utah safety, Vaki, who you were like, we have to talk about this person. Well, I Sion Vaki, I just really wanted to talk about him because he's going to tickle your fancy high fits because you love the unique stories of kids. Vaki was uh, he was on a mission for his first two years of, of college. He was in Tonga. And then uh, COVID hit and he came back and he was finishing his mission. And then he finished his last two years at the University of Utah. He was playing safety. And then this past year, Utah had just like horrible injury luck across the board. They started to have uh, running back who was suspended. They had running backs who were banged up. And so eventually they just had to play Baki at running back, which he did not <laughs> play. Yes, which he did not play in, in high school. Like he like touched the ball, but he was like a wide receiver. He was a punt returner, but he didn't play back. He went to the same high school as, uh, as Najee Harris did. And when Najee was like a senior, he was a freshman. He was like blocking for him, like <laughs> so learning from him. Doing the Debo Samuel yeah. if Debo was a yeah. safety. And so his first game... Uh, as a back, they're playing Cal, and he ran for 158 yards and two touchdowns on 15 oh, carries. So easy. Why does it ever yeah. just do this? He's just a he's just a crazy athlete. He's just like insanely so explosive. And so they moved on. They used him on both sides of the ball for the rest of the oh, season. Dude, this is Cloy's box. Yeah, this, he's 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 an end. He's an end. Yes. Uh, so he's six foot two ten, and he's uh, uh, just rocked up total athleticism. He played. Uh, he, he he's here at say as safety. They played him as safety on day one. 
And then on day two, he was doing safety drills, and all of a sudden, halfway through the day, oh there's just God. a guy wearing the wrong color jersey in the running back. Because the defense is wearing black yeah. and the offense is wearing white. And it's Sion Bach who's taking some running back snaps. Just, so just, just to run some rounds just to see it. So people asked him after after practice, whatever, like, what do you want to be? And he's like, I'll be whatever, you know, uh, athlete, weapon, unique guy. He's he's gonna be he's gonna get drafted. He's gonna be a core special teamer. He's gonna be a, a punt return. He's gonna be a, a like a talk about four phase a special teams guy. He's on field goal units, on punt units, on kickoff unit. Like he's going to be high value from them across the board. And then yeah, like he has the ability to like be in random goal line packages, be in fourth down packages, and be used as a returner. Do, do and then the like Texans, also backup safety. Wasn't Chris Texans? Maragos like that? I don't I, not for the Eagles he was. He might have been for the Seahawks. Oh, maybe the Texans fullback caught the like squib kick and then just returned Andrew for Beck. a touchdown. Andrew Beck. Yep. Like that's just like he's oh, like yes. the gunner and the kick yeah. return that gets the ball and is like and so, yeah. fuck now. And only two years of college ball experience for Vaki because he was on the mission. And so uh he's got a lot of uh untapped potential. He's he's a fun guy to follow. All right. So other guys that made Solak made like noises today. Solak made a noise. I saw is Xavier Leggett, who is the wide receiver in South Carolina, aka the guy who said he was six foot three, is actually six foot one, which mm-hmm. is kind of like super relatable. Uh, you you made sounds because he's like the size of AJ Brown and then did gravitational this. pull for Leggett. If the ball's near him, he catches it right. Like he's, he he black hole. He 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 got magnets in his hands. He's impressive adjusting to the football, especially he's playing on the second team, the American team. So that's with Michael Pratt throwing the ball and Spencer Rattler throwing the ball and Joe Milton <laughs> throwing erratic, the ball and Carter Bradley throwing accuracy. the ball. Accuracy. He's going and 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 maybe it's like actually yeah. good practice for them to have terrible quarterbacks because yeah. these guys are going to go and like, hey, yeah. get ready to play with Mac and Jones. Leggett. Uh, like had not a great day of practice in in game one in week in day one excuse me day two he came out he was I think it was more way more physical he was way sharper he, he looked a lot better yeah attention and focus I think was just a lot higher he's more comfortable with the nature of the of, of the reps which was good the only corner that handled him pretty consistently was uh was my man out of, out of Louisville kid Brownlee who Brownlee's not even that big and he was going punch for punch with him he's fun to watch nice. uh, but Leggett Leggett's a tricky one right yeah six one two twenty three and he uh. At South Carolina game speed, he hit 23 MPH during a game. I think it was the Did Mississippi you just, State game. You, you just said MPH. Heifetz hates when you use acronyms. You know why? By the way, don't MPH. you're not allowed to just use acronyms no, no, at I, all. I, I, all right, I'm not trying to be judgy. I'm just saying factually, MPH is the same amount of syllables well, as, as miles per, per hour. hour. That's fair. So I'm just like, we'll just say it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I always whenever there's someone <laughs> just be something, you. just be you. Yeah, just yeah, say what fine. you want to say. Is, but I'm, I'm is continually trying to stop me from saying acronyms. I, I, I don't have a, a dog in this thing. fight. This is your guys' <laughs> so fight. Is like, I'm just like, you have to You need a quarter of a second to look. MP, oh, MP, people, people know what MPH is. <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up. You, I wasn't going to say <laughs> it. And then you're like, Hyphus is going to be bad. I'm like, no, well, you, you know did. You absolutely brought it up. You were. You, you, no, you said Hyphus is going to be bad about the. No, you said, did you just say MPH? I did. We can check the All tape right, if you fine, want. You're right. That's what happened. <laughs> so I'm anyway, Solak. leg it. Hit. <laughs> Solak is the peacemaker. So how yeah. fast yeah. was he going? He was going uh, <laughs> like, uh, I, I looked at it real quick. I searched for it on Twitter. I saw it. Uh, uh, our analytics had him at 22.3 miles per hour, also known as MPH, in the Mississippi <laughs> oh, State game. He took it. He took just like a little slant, a little drag and housed it. And it's one of those plays that looks like, uh, like you can see the safety go to take an angle to be like, I'm going to tackle him. And then, like two steps into the angle, it's like <laughs> going wait, to tackle wait, him. Where is he going? Right, and the safety <laughs> just like starts to lean and bend That's and go so back. Right, and by that time, it's already over. So he's got legit wheels while carrying two twenty. And so, uh, in the world in which we like our, our yards after the catch, athletes, some people call it yak in the NFL, <laughs> uh, also known as the National Football League. Uh, in, in that world, he's going to be a really interesting player, especially outside of round one. We start to look for those day two receivers who hit for teams. 
He's the sort of guy that you get him into that Shanahan offense, get him into some yards after the catch offense. I mean, that's a big body movement at high speeds. Very valuable player. So Leggett, I, I, I like the contested catch. I like the catch radius. There's separation questions, there's route questions. But fundamentally, you don't find bodies this big moving this fast at receiver very often. So that makes him valuable. Uh, other other guys, also I've figured out why the MPH thing bothers me. We'll do that later. The other guy that you, um, you also said uh, Cam Hunt, quarterback out of Notre Dame. Really impressed you. Well, he's six foot three and he's a big boy. And and, Dude, and I, I, I there are, are there any cornerbacks that are six four? I feel like six three is massive for a cornerback. Pretty rare. Yeah. It's really big. Um oh, there's me, another seal. Because they can't too. turn and and change directions quickly enough, usually. Yeah. And I do think that's gonna be a, a bit of a thing for Hunt. Like he might be the sort of guy who's just constantly being like, What if he became a safety? Um Zion McCollum, who's uh, uh the corner with uh Tampa Bay is about 6'3". Uh, AJ Green was 6'3". Xavier Rhodes, 6'1". AJ Green. Is he a cornerback? Yeah, yeah, yeah at Oklahoma State. How uh, big was Porter last year? Joey Porter Jr. Porter was like 6'6", six, 6'1", six, and, and change, right? 6'1", and change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, yeah. yeah. I thought you said, See, like that's you said where six, the six cornerbacks, there the wingspan matters because they're using their fingers at the top. But the right. linemen, your hands are vertical. This is my new thing. <laughs> I actually you have to like subtract this. the yeah. size of your hands from the wingspan for the line. The end of your yeah. wrist. Because it's like the D lineman. It's like, oh, your little finger. It's like, it's not Michael. Tariq Wollin is 6'4". That's uh, large. So there you go. a large guy. Benjamin St. Juiced, who's with Washington, is 6'3". Namdi Osmo is 6'3". Laser. Sherm was 6'3". These are real heights. Akella Weatherspoon is 6'3". Ooh, Akella Weatherspoon. He's got some Weatherspoon to him. No, yeah, I can see I'm that. thinking about Cam Hunt. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, an idea is brewing. Uh, but Cam <laughs> Hunt, right. Uh, if you're going to be 6'3", right, you're going to be a cover one, cover three corner. You're going to exist on a vertical plane and we're not going to ask you to play zone. We're not going to ask you to flip and change direction. We're just going to try to give you a bit of Your cornerback, DK Metcalf. Vertical you're third and let you down. hang with it, right. So he's in a position now where pretty much every one-on-one rep, he's up there pressing and he's just trying to control line of scrimmage and deny deny routes and I breaks and he generally sticks with it pretty well uh, and, and and you can see how well he wins in those first five yards and so uh, if you're if you're that Dan Quinn team whether that's the Cowboys or Washington or otherwise and you're looking for corners who can fill that mold Cam Hunt I don't think he's gonna have to be like a first two rounds pick but he's gonna be around for you and get him on the roster okay lightning round who, who else did you want to shout out from today Marshawn Neeland Edge out of Western Michigan from the great city of Grand Rapids went to high school about five minutes from my house Got nice Neyland, man, it three times of practice, there, a play just ends because he's in the backfield, and you're just like, it's just like, all right, snap the football, an immediate whistle, and then Marshawn Neyland is celebrating seven yards in the backfield. He was it clocked at 20 MPH. Lightning fast wins. Yeah, he's 268. He's got length to him. It's true defensive end. DJ had him in the top 50 that dropped yesterday. Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. I'm desperately looking for edge rushers to like in this class. I haven't watched this film yet. Hopefully, it doesn't disappoint me. It's Neyland and it's uh, it's Darius Robinson. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say kid. that was the other guy. Darius Robinson came to Mizzou as a defensive tackle and cut weight to become a defensive end. Not typically the way it's done. All right. Usually, you you start smaller and you add. Because mm-hmm. if you're not athletic yeah. enough to be a D end, you're like gain weight, be a D yeah. tackle. You're usually and not so, athletic enough as a big yeah. guy. To be so like, DK and I both watched Darius Robinson today. Had a killer practice. They too just just. Dominating one-on-ones from the interior, from the outside. Taylor Guyton is supposed to be a, a first-round pick at tackle at Oklahoma. Robinson just walking him back into the pocket. Yeah. Guyton and I have a little bit of doubts about, and Robinson's like, like oh, 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 Robinson also has a little bit of doubts about, about Guyton I think here. Guyton is more Th- just like, he's so, an athletic, yeah. really athletic, like what his potential could be. Uh, people yeah. are talking, like, oh, I'm going to draft Guyton top 20. I'm like, you should watch what the Mizzou kid's doing to him. Uh, and so Robinson liked watching the film. I was like, oh, this is reminding me of somebody. Who's it reminding me of? And then, <laughs> I, then I went back to the hotel, watched some film, and I was like, oh, this is this is Keon White. And the Georgia Tech edge who came here last year, was dominant last season, goes to the Patriots. He had some round one buzz out of the 
senior bowl. He goes to the Patriots in Got the second round. Fired. Yeah, and it, but played great. Keon yeah, was he was good. He no, was, a he was good. I just yeah. he was a splashy defensive lineman for them this year. And so it's like, man, he's having his Keon White build. That's what he's doing. He's having his Keon White moment. And I came to this room to record the podcast. I was like, yo, DK, I watched some Darius Robinson film. You know who he reminds me of? Keon White. And DK shows me his laptop. And he's got Keon White written down. <laughs> I was like, this, year, this year's Keon White. Like yeah. a really tall or really long mm. physical, like twitchy, powerful five tech slash three cinder tech. blocked at the end of his wrist, yeah. man. Dude, when he, when he, when he, <laughs> just when, powerful hands. When he lands on you, dude, it's it's tectonic. There's sonic waves. It's sick. Cinder blocks. Yeah, I wonder if he's wrist. like is mad. You remember Keon White when he got drafted in the second round? He was like so. Yeah, he was furious. He would not. He would not smile. Wait, so yeah. like, do you play Zelda? Have you played the news at Breath of the Wild? No. Well, in the, there's you can make weapons in it by just fusing objects to weapons. So if you have like a stick tree branch, you could just like. Fuse like you could fuse a cinder block to a tree branch, and yeah. it's like you could just fuse. Yeah, I'm keep making references no one gets. This is I'm really bad at this now. That's so, tough. Any other guys you want to shout out before? We uh, Brock Brownlee, Louisville corner, Max Melton, the, the Rutgers corner, Bo Melton's younger brother. Uh, both of them playing nickel on uh, uh, Melton with the first team for national, and then Brownlee for American. What a practice Brownlee had. Brownlee just knew the routes, dude. He was just walking by past the receiver room and just kind of catching a quick on the air. I feel like this yeah. has been a common theme too for today, at least, was mm-hmm. the defensive backs were just yeah. on it. Like they were really suffocating yeah. the receivers in one on one. There's level. a lot of good cornerbacks yeah. in this draft. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of good cornerbacks. The first, the the first team corners, which has Quinion, it has Max Melton, it has Cam Cam, Cam Hunt on it. That is a highly competitive group, man. They like to win. You can tell, like they, they're they're up on each other a little bit. And you senior bowl practice, it's important to ramp up the competition level and to see guys at high pressure. They're doing a really good job with that. Uh, so Melton Brownlee out, out of Louisville. I thought Brownlee out of Louisville had the best day of any player uh, over the first two days. Mm. Thought he was excellent. Uh, Michael Hall is the defensive tackle at Ohio yep. State, two eighty five. Yep. So that's fake. Like I have no idea how you get that on the field, but he is. So freaking quick. Michael Hall is going to be hard for me to remember because it's the most generic name. generic name of all time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Michael, he's, Brian Thomas and Michael Hall. <laughs> yeah. Or, <laughs> yeah, Mike. Man, um, yeah, he's he's quick as a wink, man. Thomas. He's good. Uh, yeah, it was it, it, it was a good day for some discovery guys. Some guys really like after maybe quiet day one stepped up in a big way day two. This is the other thing I wanted to bring up before we move on is, and this is not someone that's low key or like mm-hmm. unknown, but. Leatu Latu has also been having a great. We haven't. I feel like we haven't talked yeah, about. Yeah, no, so he's yeah. been having a great from UCLA. Yeah, if, if couple you great listen, practices. Uh, I think a week ago we, we were doing. Uh, we were talking about some guys, and you're talking about how Leatu Latu is like your favorite player, this, or at least your favorite defender. In this I class. mean, he's like my f- the most fun player to watch. And you're like, he's in, basically he can do everything. You compared him in the. NFL draft out the compared him to Jean-Claude Van Damme, which led which to the whole neither thing, of you which, guys knew who that I was. I knew who he was. <laughs> I haven't seen Bloodsport. Latu, what you were saying, but Latu is like this guy's incredible. We're like, what's the catch? Like, oh, well, he medically retired two years ago mm-hmm. and then they unretired. But UCLA, because they have like one of the best medical facilities in America, he retired and then he went to UCLA. They're like, no, you can play and they made him strength. Kind of like Steph Curry had to relearn to walk. Right. To play for the they had to like, they're like, you have to train your neck every neck single muscles. day yeah. for like six months and then you can play football. And now he's, now he's But incredible. like, if you watch him and this is what we'd heard from, you know, different people. I think uh, Lance Zierling was tweeting about this. Like, he's, he's like all business you know what i mean like he's such a pro uh personality and i and mm-hmm. like philosophy like he comes in with a very specific plan every time he lines up he's he's hitting guys with ghost moves he's hitting guys with different moves that like he's, he's basically building up to these moves as he goes along in a game like he has a lot of really nuanced and technical skill with his hands and and i like i said this to you guys i think but i felt like i there was no plays where he was stymied 
when I was watching his tape, like there was like zero plays mm-hmm. where he was like locked up with a guy and couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like continues to spin, chop, swipe, like get, use his hands to get the uh, offensive lineman off his body and like do something and didn't always like get home. But he finished, I think in first in, in college football, uh, I saw this from PFF in true pass sets. He had the highest pass rush win weight of any play, win rate of any pass player. rush win weight. Pass rush win weight. Pass yeah. rush win no, it's rate. Maestro. Yeah, he can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Latu's a problem solver, right? And, and and you can you can see over the course of games, which is I think has been really really cool. That he, he first quarter he's figuring out what he's getting on mm-hmm. the tackle wise. Then he's setting up moves for the second half and four key situations. And then he's you know he's got reps where he's coming off the ball slow and he's coming off upright and he's going into your chest and all of a sudden out of nowhere just a fast wrap right off the ball and he's getting your outside shoulder. You can tell that he understands the, the full picture, right? This isn't a one-speed rusher. There's some uh, uh, Isaac Adisa out of Penn State. He's like an interesting edge, kind of a one-speed guy. Even Darius Robinson, like he is a get into your body and chuck you back sort of a guy. And he's got like a push-pull to him, but generally these are like right. a little bit one-trick ponies. Latu's evolved, right? This is this is a, a, a high-caliber pass It's like rusher. a professional. He's got yeah. A lot, yeah, exactly. He's got a lot in his bag, and you see him just deploy it over time. He's he's an impressive specimen. Dude, yeah, that's. I think my main takeaway is like, I think that's, I mean, it's very corny and obviously the point of the draft, but literally the point of the draft is to find professionals. Yeah. And that, that's. I think that's like literally the highest compliment. You're like, yeah, you're a pro. Right. That's what all these guys want to do, right? The, the other, one other guy I wanted to mention, and I don't necessarily think he was like super impressive. I know Solak wasn't very impressed with him today, but uh, Marcus Rosme Jackson with all time name. Sorry, right? yeah. you have to do that Marcus Rosme Jackson, receiver it's, it's from yeah. Georgia. Rosme hyphen Jackson. Right. One word. It's like it's. I've never. I had to read it. It's kind of like MPH. I had to read Jackson. That's that's a surname I have not heard very often, but I love it. Um. Anyway, he he flat. I thought he flashed a lot day one on Tuesday. Uh, he came back out today, was not quite as like noticeable. He had a, a couple of plays, but I think he was a good, to me, he's a good example of kind of why the, the senior bowl matters and why, and from a fantasy point of view, from dynasty football uh, fantasy point of view, these are the kind of guys you kind of want to keep an eye on because um, he didn't have a big production. Obviously, most people probably have not heard of this guy outside Even of like, he was on Georgia, Georgia fans. Like, yeah. like, he had, I think, like 400-something yards last two years. Uh, in both years, he had something like, 400 yards. So obviously not huge production in that offense. Um, but I, I was like, you know, just looking at him, watching him play, he has good size. He has good speed. Uh, he made some plays on day one. I was like, you know, he's from Georgia. He probably was like a four-star guy. And I went and looked it up. He was a four-star top 100 recruit. Yep. <laughs> so like a loser. So he's, I think he's a name to remember just because in the scouting community, in you know, these evaluators remember these four-star guys, top 100 recruits. These are these it are guys a lot. Of, you know, what I mean, they, these things matter to you know whether it's like part of their process. Probably not. More, it's like a bias. Like I remember this guy when he's coming out of high school. Um, so he's a, he's the type of guy who I, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes in like the again, middle rounds. Fantasy football. Doctor Ringer. More like real football than I ever thought it was oh. fantasy football. Yeah, I remember that guy, but it's like. Oh, I remember that guy's five stars, but it's like NFL scouts actually kind of like, oh, right. look mm-hmm. at this. I mean, I think there's a lot of examples of this over the years where it's like these guys yeah. tend to land and, and contribute with teams just because of their, you know, right. recruiting they can, pedigree. They can do things and move in a way that other guys can't. Marcus Rosme, Jack Saint. So meanwhile, across the stadium, Solak and I are watching on the other side of the building. And I turn, I'm like, who's that guy? And Solak's like, he's just a guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, thought like, he, I saw him a couple of times. He flashed for me a couple of times today. I don't think he had like a big day. He ran a curl route. That upset me. <laughs> uh, you can't win them all. You should take several fewer steps to get out of that break than yeah. Rosme Jackson took to get. And out to of that be break. clear, I'm not saying he's like a superstar. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he's probably going to be, you know, fifth rounder or something yeah. like that. Uh, but 
You know who's going to be in the league for 15 years? Who's here right now? Who's that? The Kansas State tight end. Is that? Is, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Sinnott? What? I, Reed, I, I, Reed Sinnott? Yeah, yeah. Sinnott? I don't know. Reed Sinnott is, is a quarterback <laughs> out, of, out of Florida. Yeah, oh no, yeah. sorry. It was it's Ben Sinnott. Ben Sinnott. Your ben name? Sinnott. Uh, Sinnott. Hello. Ben Sinnott. It's just every route. He's just no nonsense. He's quick into the break. He's got strong hands. He catches through contact and he moves decently well. He's just going to Dalton Schultz his way to second contract just for a hundred years. Dalton Schultz, that's great. Yep. Yeah. He's going to have one so, season of 800 yards and six touchdowns and everybody's going to draft him in fantasy football and he's going to have 400 yards every year for the rest of his career. Yeah. Love him. All right. You guys want to do some emails? Emails. So, all right. So if you haven't heard by now, the previous show, you can go to, you know, my Twitter is Danny underscore Heifetz. Instagram da- at Danny Heifetz. And um, you can see a video of yesterday's show. I said Ben Johnson, the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, maestro. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, super politely and like not a big deal informed that that's not how you say it. it's maestro. And while I just ate and took, I, I ate it. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah, that's not how you say. I get it. Maestro I immediately was like, oh, I, I guess that's wrong. I, a couple things I didn't want to say in the moment. But I would like to just re- one. It's literally in fucking Italian. Like it's a different language, which I feel like. Yeah, where are we? It's, are, are we in Italy? Yeah. I'm just saying, like it's a different <laughs> word. Like I just wanted to point that up. Like if so, the first time you're like deja vu. What is that? It's like well, all right. Well, it's French. You get it's a different thing. Jameson, shout out to freaking Jameson who emailed in. I mean, uh, first of all, can we rewind the tape? I believe I said you're probably pronouncing it in Italian correctly. Yeah, first on the show. So Fine. these emailers right. are irrelevant. Yeah, I acknowledge this. Fine. We're yeah. in America. Fine, you yeah. said it wrong. End of story. And uh, also, you're right. I'm being defensive because <laughs> everybody funny. And what did Jameson say? Do the Jameson. Jameson. What's well, not his name? James son. Son of James. <laughs> ja- Jameson. Oh, oh, sh- oh, that is where it comes from, isn't it? James son. I don't know. Probably, why do you do this? God, I'm so dumb. <laughs> anyway, Jameson, Jameson is like, I already want to retract this. It's like, it starts with, in fairness to Heifetz, and he's like listening right now, and he's like, I really wish I <laughs> He's like, My, uh, maestro, me, er, maestro means teacher in Spanish, and that is the way it is pronounced in Spanish. Yeah. And that's, I, that's so cool for Spanish, dude. But I, used to Spanish, <laughs> I took Spanish like forever ago. I think that's where it was in my brain. Okay. That would be an, so a, the way you that just was, said that was so like condescending. Like yeah, okay, that would, was like that would have been like a great defense yesterday if you remembered it before someone else told dude, you. I, I just ate it. Wait, also, anyway, someone's <laughs> name. I took this screenshot of this email. I just, okay, this was what the screenshot. <laughs> the subject line is someone. Sorry, the subject line is someone tells Solak. I read the email. I was like, I screenshot this. I'm gonna read this later. Yeah, I didn't read the name. The person's name is just bread. Bread? Bread. It's spelled like bread. It's B-R-E-A-D. It's bread. I love name. bread. Bread's the best. Bread. Yeah. Bread. <laughs> bread. Someone tells Solak, I mean this in all love. In all love. And I this want is Solak. not gonna this isn't gonna end well. I'm worried. I all love Solak. He keeps saying players vaunted themselves, but he means vaulted themselves. Oh. Because hmm. vaunted is to praise yeah. vaulted Solange. It's okay. So, yeah. just, I, I think do I, this, yeah, I do this more than anyone no, on it's, earth. It's right. yeah. I don't pronounce words right. DK's yeah. version of that is DK just can never. DK never uses one metaphor. Use the wrong word. You always pull two different like phrases together. Right. Yeah. So it's kind there's of a, there's a word for that when you when you flip flop the meaning of similar sounding words. I can't remember it's, what it's it is. Being a dad. Now. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I I do that with more than a few words, and so I, I always appreciate the the people identify them because I don't I don't hear it in my head. Like I just slowly say the word vaunted. To like remember what the definition was. Big, like, oh yeah, like yeah, I like it was a vaunted defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Vault, yeah, I don't know. All right, so we got this was from Chris. Chris, 
Press. All right. So this is about acronym versus initialisms, which I saw before, but now that you mentioned the MPH thing. Oh, After listening to your most recent draft right. show, I know uh, Craig kept referring to DVOA being a terrible acronym. I think that might have been me. I don't know. No one knows whose voice is or who's on the show. Which is <laughs> yeah, so that fun. was definitely such you. a great ring. Craig point. was not on the show. No, I don't know. Unfortunately, DVOA. Am I, maybe I'm Craig. Unfortunately, I'm Danny. Someone's mind is blown. There's two Dannys, which is confusing. <laughs> Someone's listening. Like, there's two Dannys. The group chat that we're in right now, where it's just Danny and Danny on my phone. I'm just like, this is not <laughs> helpful. Last names in your phone? No, I do. But when 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 you're in a group chat on iPhone, it just shows the first names for like a group chat. Oh, so yeah. the chat is just called Danny and Danny. And yep. That's literally why Brian Flores is like suing the NFL is that Bill Belichick oh, was right. texting Brian yeah. Dayball and he was texting Brian Flores and now there's like entire lawsuit. Me and Bill this. just struggling with the iPhone. And I'm like, yeah. So Chris writes, unfortunately, DVOA is not an acronym. Instead, it's something called an initialism. An initial, we've, we definitely, someone we've done this yeah, before, yeah. but it didn't stick. And initialism is pronounced as individual letters like DVOA. MVP, Dova, DNA, instead of Dova. Acronym. So when you guys were all arguing about the MPH thing, there, you're arguing about acronyms. You're acronyms. Actually it was initialism. An acronym, yeah. however, is uh, is said as a word like NASA, ASAP, SCUBA. SCUBA is an acronym. Yeah, was self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. Yeah, that, what a pull! That you just knew that. Did I you knew know that. that too. Yeah, that's like one of the most famous weird. acronyms. <laughs> yeah, Yo, I mean it's pretty famous. I think yeah. I'm getting dumber. If I, if you there's like one of those memes you know where it's that? like if your circle isn't talking about how to make money, but you're like, yo, if your circle's not talking about how scuba's an acronym, <laughs> well, you need to find different friends. Top five famous yeah. So I'm just saying, I just want to say, I can't believe you got this before the show. MPH initialism. Well, no, I guess you don't pronounce it because that would be mph, yeah, it's an yeah. initialism. Mph, it's initialism. Funny if we did it. Dude, yo, so yeah. Neil, what's his uh, name? Neeland, the Marcus Neeland? Mar Marshawn Neeland. Marshawn Neeland ran 20. 20 <laughs> I will pay, I will pay, either, to I will buy either of you lunch tomorrow when they put the top speeds up on the board for practice. They, <laughs> okay. they put up the top GPS speeds in the Jumbotron during practice. You just say to somebody who's not in this pod, she'd be like, all right, the oomphs are up. Let's see, oh, who had the best oomph? I really like that. I was talking to like Drew yeah. I'm like, yo, do you see this guy ran 20 oomph? Yep. The, top oomph. I realize why the MPH thing bothers me, specifically that one. It's because my high school friends loved uh, How I Met Your Mother, and they loved Neil Patrick Harris, and they just call him NPH. NPH. And that's what I thought Solik said, and it went deep into my brain was like, NPH, is that a person? I was like, oh, no. So it took me a half second. That's why. That's fair. Mm -hmm. so, anyway. Hey, by the way, uh, I sent this to you guys, but have you heard this? I want to play it for you really quickly. This is uh, Emma Stone interviewing Bradley Cooper about the movie Maestro. Can I ask you a little bit about Maestro? <laughs> Oh, wow. I love the way you pronounce that. What? Pronounce what? Maestro. Maestro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your film Maestro. Sure. She yeah. goes, Maestro, and he goes, sure. Yeah. But, now, but, now, but now, this is really important. Sure. This is really, really important. Oh my God. Because Hyphen said Maestro, right? He said ma, and then yes, like because of the E. She says Maestro. She said Maestro. <laughs> right, exactly. And Bradley Cooper goes, my astro, <laughs> like very, sure. very clearly <laughs> emphasizing the first two syllables being my ass. He goes, like, I that, love that, the way you said that, that. Emma took it a step further beyond where Heifetz took it. We also uh, just recognize that Bradley Cooper was like this. He thought this would be like the pinnacle of his entire life, and that he spent like years working on his masterpiece. And he's like, this is literally going to be like the pinnacle of my existence. That makes me like the most famous dude in the world. And then she's just sitting there this interview, and she's like, so yeah, my astro. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tough look for Wait, you. Wait, did we decide that Maestro is an um, 
it's like an anglizate, anglization, anglicized, whatever. Um, I don't think I'm the authority. Or is it is it Italian or Spanish? How do they? Someone else put Portuguese. What one of the Latin languages? I don't know. One of the Romance languages. There are a lot of common roots. Anyway. So anyway, also I shouldn't say this, but I'm just going to say you should literally every time you want to win an argument with me, which is I don't know four times a day, you should just be like, what what did he say at the end there? Sure. (laughs) Sure. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Dinky, don't say a piece of my Sure. Yeah. All right, we're getting out of here. Thank you, Slug. Thank you, DK. Thank you. Oh, dude. Thank you, Emma Stone, for making me feel less dumb. Thank you for an email. Then emails for your fancy football gmail.com. If you get problems with the way I say words, uh, the way DK or Slug says phrases. If you have questions about football, we love those. Like questions on prospects. We're going to be the combine. If you want to ask us stuff about the combine, you want to ask us the prospects of combine, we can talk to them. Um, coaches or your teams, if you have a question that you would like us to ask to your coaches or GMs, I'm happy. we can actually like do that. Um, emails, whatever. Ring gmail.com. Go to NFL draft.theran.com for Dika's freaking scouting report. Yeah. You know, Malik Neighbors, Ricky Bob, we want to go fast. Caleb Williams, you can watch the video of the um, accordion. accordion man. Oh, yeah. Vivaldi. Thank you to Kai uh, for producing this episode. Thank you to Jack for helping on the scenes. Thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, Dan Comer. Thank you, everyone who helps on the draft show and also the draft guide. Like, thank you so much. And again, thank yeah. you for listening. But really extra special thank you to everyone who goes to the website and scrolls and clicks. Uh, thank you, Lorm. Lorm. Thank you, Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, why Derulo? What came to mind? Well, I was thinking of how... We were talking about the people that sing their name in songs. They name yeah, check yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And he just did it. Yeah. Were you on that? Wait, this yeah, was yeah. a pod from I like was a on week that pod. Yeah, okay. This is just, it's big middle school dance vibes for me. <laughs> Anytime anybody mentions Rihanna or Jason Derulo, I go back to like, <laughs> Jason it's great form. We got, we got good, like, because people said that we, we, we missed a lot of rappers. It was like, you know, Lil Wayne, obviously Jay-Z says his name, Lil Wayne says like every song. But the person who was like the definitive rapper for saying his name is Mike Jones. Oh, yeah. It was like the right. most famous Mike Jones <laughs> yeah, lines yeah, is yeah. his name. Right, like, Mike right. Jones. Like, Damn, we did miss that one. To the yeah. point, it's like, if your name's your most famous lyric, then like, that's like the, that's a brand. That's like a brand. Right. Man. But great call. We're trying to, we're trying to figure out non rappers to do that. Non DJ. DJs don't even count. Uh, and someone sent one in. I don't remember, but dude, Jason Derulo. He yeah. does it. He does it quite frequently. Yeah. Ooh, what you say? I'm trying to remember what Jason Derulo song I know. Dude, I remember like I remember we're, home, we're trying to get him for homecoming. We just didn't have it close to close enough money, and I was like, gone for so long. <laughs> so wack. You look, you look like a kid who was supposed to have a cookie that just had a. You look so happy right now. Yeah, I remember mem- remembering a song. So how did that go? Jason Derulo. It was a formative moment in his life, I believe. Yeah, he's remembering right now. Yeah. Big for me. That was like I said. It was, and Rihanna Disturbia. Whenever I whenever I think of middle school dances, I think of Wait, Rihanna Disturbia. Oh yeah. You've known your wife. Was your wife at the middle school dance? No. Oh, she went to a different school, man. Oh good. Sure. You, but you she actually you know did. Her. Know. She, <laughs> yeah, she, did. she actually did. I'm married. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, All right. Goodbye, everyone.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel's offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 